G'day guys and welcome to episode 4 of Caleb's Conversation Podcast. Today I've got Helena and Holly on with me and we're going to be talking about the Griffith Film School uh, graduate film, A Christmas Murder and the Wickedly Diabolical Proceedings at the Midstow. Yes. Uh, this mm. was a project that was very fun to work on. I also worked on it with you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to say, you, Holly, uh, sorry, Helena, were the director of the project. Yep. And Holly, you were the production designer. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to be talking about is obviously you guys, um, how you guys got involved in the project, um, what you guys we're doing on the project and obviously expanding on what you guys did as your roles because obviously mm. you guys play a very pivotal role in not only the creation of the film but how it looks and how it feels uh, tonally as well so mm. um i'll say are you guys like interested in films obviously getting into the industry and stuff because obviously yeah. coming to film yeah, school definitely. that's a huge thing obviously you want to get on set as much as possible um mm. what was kind of your uh, intrigue into getting into filmmaking um, for me, I've always like been into filmmaking since I was super young, like always had a camera, um, like, yeah, making films with my sister, like at home all the time. Um, and then we didn't have any f- like film subjects at, at high school, but oh, yeah. yeah, so I just did like drama and acting. But then when we got into like, when I saw that there was the film, um, the film course at Griffith, I was like, yes, this is the one for me. So I definitely, yeah, wanted to get into that. Yeah. Kind of fell straight into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did a lot of photography in like yeah. when I was younger and I just like cameras overall. And then I did film at, at uh, high school for like three years or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm like, well, I kind of got to a, a crossroad where I was like, I either do something practical or I do something fun. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. We're going to do something fun. Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this, uh, I was pretty interested in Griffith and I saw they did the film course and yeah. I'm like, yeah, why not? Let, mm. Let's give it a shot. I feel like I have a similar kind of story to you because I did uh, a media type yeah. film course at mm. high school and that kind of sparked my interest mm. um, like kind of at a grassroots level. Mm. And then um, I saw a film, a little film you might have heard of, Star Wars The Force Awakens oh, yes. in 2015. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the film that kind of really like was the light bulb moment for me. I was like, I want to know how they did that mm. and yeah. how they brought this to life and how movies are made. And from then... Um, I've just expanded my knowledge and then I mean, obviously came to film school. Did you guys come to film school straight out of high school? Or? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay, because I was the same as well, yeah. yeah. I'll say I kind of went straight out of high school into uni, mm. so I didn't really take gap year or anything like that. Mm. But, yeah. Mm. yeah, I didn't like have any ambi- ambitions to like travel straight away. I just wanted to get into film, um, get into uni, get into film. Um, but it's funny, the funny thing is I actually, my top preference for universities was actually engineering at oh, really? QUT and then and then my friend Anna McGuckin who also went to film school was like oh you should definitely like apply for this instead and I was like yes I should I don't know why I would have done engineering at all so glad that I you know got into it and now we're here mm. almost finished almost yeah I'll have say you graduated? yeah I'm graduated nice. oh, yeah. I'll say it's one of those things like sometimes you don't really know what you want in life until it just kind of happens mm. like yeah. that's one of those things I feel like filmmaking is very much so one of those things that's like you know sometimes you don't really know what the final product is going to look like mm. and that's why the project when you're making it is sometimes a bit like it's a bit nerve-wracking because you're like, I don't know how this is going to end up. Mm. But then when you see that final product, it's always quite rewarding, especially if yeah. everyone's done their job properly and it's a great film to watch. So, For sure. Um, but with regards to A Christmas Murder, yeah. um, this was a project that was designed as a uh, TV pilot, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about what the story is and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. Well, so um, our friend James Marshall actually wrote it with 
Common, the help of Carmen Chan yeah, as well. Yeah, Carmen's pretty involved. Yeah, yeah, Carmen Chan was the producer of the project. Producer, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this yeah this film's had quite a long journey itself. Like James was director at first, and throughout COVID, we you know had to like stay at home in, in quarantine and still try and like produce this film. And then thankfully, we got to actually do it in person in the end. Um, but yeah, um, James in the end he got a job on the Elvis film, so he dropped out of uni, and then I was um, production manager before I turned into director to take James's spot. So yeah, I turned into director and took on the role. I wrote a few more scenes to add into it. Just mm, to you did like some editing on the script and stuff like that, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so you do get that writer's credit. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. I got a little co-writer co-writer credit because we did add a scene in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I think some of the some of the tutors thought it needed a bit more yeah. substance in the beginning, context or the yeah, beginning, a bit of context. Yeah. And it was just a small scene, but I think it did add like a little more context to who was in the building, um, who was in the midst of it. Like, so basically, this, I'll tell you a bit about the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what what it is about. Um, it's about this lady Julia, whose mother Agorna mysteriously vanished recently oh sorry not recently a year a year ago it's kind of recent um she mysteriously vanished and then she gave over her establishment to her daughter julia um called the midstar hotel and julia like didn't want this hotel at all she was she she ran it to the ground basically it was a beautiful hotel before but she ran it to the ground julia did um and this maid martha who works there she was like this happy-go-lucky girl, super bright, super bubbly, but um, Julia didn't want, to ha- didn't want to have anything to do with her. She completely hated her. Um, and one night they find... Um, should I say... Should I give away, like, what happens? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we can go into spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, Vincent Maguire, who's this famous actor, is staying at the hotel, and um, they find him murdered in his room and they basically the story is about them trying to figure out who the murderer was mm. yeah. it's kind of like a murder mystery yeah murder mystery uh, it's kind of similar to Knives Out and yeah. uh, like Clue and stuff like that yeah so, exactly uh, yeah. it's very much so got that vibe so yeah um, but yeah I'll say just to back up with regards to um, James Marshall's involvement mm. um, he was obviously the writer of the film and kind of brought this thing to life and then you came onto the project quite late into the process mm. um, you kind of brought on I think uh, around the time that we just got ready to go back into filming in person correct yeah it was like yeah, two was like, weeks before yeah. so it was quite stressful for yeah. me because not we only were you um, brought onto the project kind of last minute but mm. also you're just coming into the role of director and that's a mm. very important role because not only are you responsible for the creative vision but mm. also dealing with actors which yeah. is very interesting because the dynamic between a director and the actors is obviously huge um so what was it like kind of coming on last minute um into this project that was already kind of in motion yeah well um it was it was interesting it was difficult to say the least but it was like something that I really wanted to take on like it was a challenge and I wanted to yeah take it on and James came to me and he was like um yeah I'm thinking of you but obviously because they because um our teachers put it out to the whole grade so because it had to be a fair mm. a fair go for the role mm. so there was an interview process and in the end I was able to um, get the role and I was really really thankful really grateful for that because 
to be director on a graduate film was such a an honor really especially because i didn't write it to be able to come in this late mm. um yeah to be that kind of person that kind yeah. of shepherds this project along yeah it was yeah it was an honor and i was really thankful to be able to do I'll that say, well you handled it very well i'll say considering you. you did come on last minute <laughs> yeah. i think you did a really good job because a yeah. lot of people could have capitulated in a situation like that mm. and very much so like drop the ball mm. and i felt like you not only carried the torch but mm. you took it all the way to the finish line and mm. did a really good job because the final product i thought was very good it was yeah. very entertaining and i really wanted to um make sure that james and carmen's vision was you know seen through to the end because we had so many, like, so many hurdles, so many obstacles throughout it all, which you can talk about later. But, um, yeah, like, yeah, it was two weeks out and there was still so much to do, um, so much to, so much pre-production still to do because I feel like COVID kind of halted our, mm. even though we were still able to do all, like, yeah. the paperwork, everything like that. It didn't it kind of, feel the same. No, exactly, yeah. Um, like, especially for production design, like, actually being able to like build sets and because for yeah for us um the whole main bedroom was a set built by holly and her team so mm. well that's one of the reasons why i was so interested <laughs> to talk to you because mm. obviously building a set with various different walls and then creating all the um architecture and stuff inside mm. the room that's quite difficult and i was very impressed with the work <laughs> you and your team did and yes. it's one of those things that whenever I go into a film, and I've noticed this a lot with a lot of low-budget stuff in student mm -hmm. films, is that sometimes the sets just don't look right. Yeah. And you can tell it's a set. And yeah. even with a lot of big-budget stuff, you can kind of tell it's a set. Mm. And that always takes me out of it. And it's like, God damn it, I can tell that that's not real. Mm. And when I was watching A Christmas Murder, I could say... Like, I just got lost in it, and I was yeah. like, that looks real. Yeah, so it was very well done. <laughs> um, but with regards to production design um, in a pre-production process, what's it like kind of getting everything sort of ready and planned um, mm. for um, everything when it gets ready into production? Yeah, um, I have a weird, like, way of doing things. I basically <laughs> just, like, make a list, and I'm like, well, this is all you have to get done in, like, the mm. next few weeks. Do it. Yeah. Uh, so I pretty much, like, made the prop list made sure we had everything i did a lot of op shopping um thankfully i didn't have to handle costume i suck at mm. costume i can't even dress myself um <laughs> so i put i uh, lovely claire onto that and she sorted that out uh and then we had someone on makeup so thankfully all of like the really rough bits were handled and all i really had to do was like source some props and uh mm. get all the paint for the flats we pretty much mm. painted it um in the two days before we shot because yep. we can only have the sound studio for so long yeah mm. um but yeah, it was like my team was really, really good when we came to building it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of like just running around. Holly did a lot of work, end. like a lot of work herself. I, I hate, think I hate saying it. No, because um, yeah, like obviously, and we even had to get people outside of the production design team to be able to yeah. paint the flats, build the flats. Because there was only I three of us. For a day and helped. Yeah, there yeah. was only three of us on the team, and like they they all had their own projects to be working on. Yeah, and they were all really busy. Like. I think, yeah, people were just spread a bit too thin or, like, maybe said that they could help out and then they couldn't. And that's totally fine. Like, yeah. we get that. And then we got other people to do it. But it was a lot of work. And, yeah. yeah. Like, Jeanne was ADing and a whole other project. I didn't yeah. expect her to be there all the time. Like, yeah, no, take exactly. your time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and Bella it, had a passion It's definitely project. difficult because with student films especially, I feel like you really get as much out of it that you mm. put into it. Mm. And if you put that love and care into it, you're going to get more love and care on the screen yeah and i felt like that was definitely representative of our film is mm. that we were not only putting so much effort into it but then you could see that that effort had turned out and 
really, you know, it was a reward for mm. all our hard work, I felt like. Um, mm. Do you guys agree? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. It was, yeah, in the end, like all the effort that we put into it, um, all the obstacles that we faced, it was a good achievement to be able to like finish it and have such an amazing product in the end. And like Tony as well, Tony Wedderburn. Oh, Tony's editor. our editor. She's um, great. We love Tony. Yeah, I love working with Tony. She is so good. Um, and just... It was a great crew. Just everyone yeah, all around yeah. was just so pleasant to work with and mm. both on set and just everything. It was just an amazing atmosphere to be a part of. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what we got most lucky with. Like the crew was all pretty like tightly knit. Like mm. I, I've worked with James since first year. Mm. Same with Carmen um, and Tony. Like I know the guys really well. And yeah. like I feel like everyone who came onto it we all just vibe together and like yeah we had some moments where we all just got overstressed but we were never mm. actually angry at each other no no which was yeah, great exactly like you can yeah. uh like differentiate work and like friendship i think as well yeah. like sometimes you have to you know yeah like we still respect it yeah other. respecting yeah it's, it's funny you mention that because i feel like that's such a difficult thing to try and like to balance you know mm. what i mean is yeah. when you're working with your friends so is hard. balancing that sort of professional uh, like feeling as well as being friendly with each other. Mm. And that's why I get really intrigued when like couples and stuff work together <laughs> because it's like you're working with your partner, but then you also need to, need to keep that professional aspect mm. as well. That's why I'm amazed by A Quiet Place because mm. John Krasinski and mm. Emily Blunt work together and they're mm. obviously married. Mm. And that like from what interviews I've heard with them, they said that was one of the best experiences of their oh, lives. And I was like, yeah. that's, I was surprised by that because mm. a lot of people would be like, when, like, especially because John Krasinski was the director of that film mm. and he's giving his wife directions. <laughs> yeah. it, it could just imagine it'd be quite meta and weird. I'm sure, yeah. she'd, I'm sure she'd probably be as professional as possible. Oh, of like, course, yeah. Yeah, I guess different personalities would, yeah. Yeah, personality is obviously a huge part of it, yeah. Mm. Um, but with regards to getting everything ready for um, production design, um, did you go through the script and stuff and then yeah. kind of plan it from there? And yeah, How's that much. process of breaking down a script from a production st- design standpoint? Um, well, I, I know James pretty well and I kind of like know exactly what he envisions. So like I pretty much just went through it and I'm like, well, this is what you want here. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, what about it here? And he goes, yeah. yes. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I got this. And then, yeah, pretty much just went through it and then like just cross-referenced, cross-referenced with him, made sure that I was getting everything right. Mm. The color palettes, that was the hardest bit because he changes mm-hmm. his mind. Like a girl no. changes clothes. It's awful. <laughs> like, I mean, he changes clothes at the same speed, let's be honest. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so that that was probably the hardest bit because we kept uh, changing minds on color palettes, and then we had to like involve Matt, the DOP, in with that, mm-hmm. and make sure like everything was going to work with lighting and all mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, pretty much just I like mark up the script and mm. just color code everything because I can't read it unless it's in colors. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll uh, say when you color coordinate stuff, that's uh, it's a nice it's visual way. way of, of yeah. looking at it. Yeah. yeah, I'm a bit dyslexic, so I have to make sure everything makes sense, or else I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So once you've gone through and broken down the script um, at that level, then what's the next phase after that? Do you have to like go out and buy all the stuff or do you have to kind of like go find or do you like borrow stuff? Like how do you go about sourcing all the equipment? Um, I believe I made a big old list from that and then like did reference photos. And then oh, I went okay, out. Yep. Yeah. And then I spent days with Jeanne and Bella and we went out and we went to like all these op shops or like we went mm. to Ikea. I spent like $160 at Ikea. Mm. It was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part about like buying everything is it's, it's not shopping. my money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of it is. Yeah, <laughs> some, like Carmen entrusted me with the with the production card, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> although I didn't have it for like two weeks, and I was mm. like seven hundred dollars down. I'm like, this is mm. great. Um, but yeah, I pretty much just went out. Um, all the op shops, a uh, bunch of just like 
general stores like I, I looked everything up online so mm. I knew I wouldn't be wasting time looking in places that it wasn't what I wanted mm. and I spent a lot of money at Kmart mm. Mm. I, I think definitely for something like production design um, a key a key thing to do for your team was to come always come back to Holly and check and then Holly would come back to James or for example me and like check like always checking in with your hods was like yeah a major major thing because I've experienced it on other films before where um people just make a decision but what if the person who has the vision doesn't like it like so yeah. what if James didn't like it you got to always come and check instead of buying something and then wasting money oh exactly and then coming yeah. back and it's like and like you said, if you're changing colors all the time, like you gotta you gotta make a decision, like stick to it, and then buy mm. stuff for that, and not not go back on it because something like a like school film production, we don't have much money, like we don't yeah. have the biggest the budgets. biggest budget. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's very important. Is that everyone is on the same page, so mm. that everyone is on the same train, moving, mm. you know, not only in the right direction, but moving quickly as well. Mm. Because the other thing with filmmaking is that you don't have a lot of time. Mm. You're on a very strict time. Like you've got very strict time that you have to go over and you've got to make sure you're hitting all your deadlines within that. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine, especially for pre-production, it's very much so making sure we've got all the props, everything, all the sets ready to go. And then so that once you do get to production, you can kind of rock up with all the camera and sound gear and mm. then just shoot it. So yeah. um, I should also Big clarify, time. I haven't done this yet because I'm mm. an idiot. Um, <laughs> but I, my involvement on this project, I yes. was the casting supervisor. So mm, I was yes. in charge of casting this project and bringing on our actors on board. And we you were very fortunate job. to be working with a magnificent cast. Yes, uh, thank you, Caleb. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Oh, I'll say I am only a symptom of the lovely people that I got to yeah. you know, cast. So yeah. it was one of those things like throughout the audition process, obviously you never know who you're going to get, especially on a student project. And the big thing with um, student films is that uh, we can't pay actors to come on board. So mm. a lot of it is voluntary work mm. and... So them kind of giving up their own time to come and work on our projects, mm. I think is it's obviously very nice of them, but they kind of get like a nice symbiotic relationship out of it because mm. they're able to practice their craft whilst we practice ours. And then you also get to build connections and, and then, relationships and stuff like that, which is great. Yeah, and then they get the product at the end. Like they get to show it for their reel. Like it's something for us. Yeah, like, it's a good showreel yeah, material, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like, yeah, it's good showreel material for us and it is for them as well. So it's win-win, mm. I think. But it is, yeah, it is because we did have some run-ins with like actors pulling out etc mm. mm. it was an interesting process because when we started the casting process this was at the very beginning of the year of 2020 which mm. was before when COVID started and basically we basically started getting applications in because basically you send out the casting brief with all your characters on there with a description of what they are and kind of the way the character is and then actors are like oh I'm interested in that mm -hmm. I've read the script I'm interested in this project I'm going to apply for that mm -hmm. and then obviously because I'm the casting person I get flooded with all the mm -hmm. emails um, which was fun that, that was my job so I enjoyed yeah, it but it was fun. interesting because obviously you go through all the applications and then COVID hit mm -hmm. and we were very we were on struggle street for a mm -hmm. while because not only our project but all the Griffith graduate projects were stuck in a position where we had to cast for a proof of concept uh, animatic visualization thing yeah. that 
it was a waste of time. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I'm the other thing with that was that we had to do self-tapes and like video mm-hmm. uh, audition submissions, mm-hmm. which was really interesting because basically what you do then is you create a little audition script mm. uh, and you send that to the actor. They perform it in front of a video camera. They record themselves doing it. And then they send that as like a little MP4 video back to you. Mm. And then from there, you can kind of watch all the um, auditions. Mm. And it's quite interesting uh, having actors uh, act a script that you've sent them, but with no direction. Mm. Uh, I always thought that was very interesting going throughout that process because you get Mm. some people who interpret the script one way and then some people who interpret the script a very different way, which I think is very interesting about the script writing process and I'd mm. love to hear your comment on this mm. um, what's it like kind of looking at a script and working with your various heads of department and mm. making sure that you're all on the same page because you might read a, a scene and have a very different interpretation to someone else mm. in your crew so what what, do you, what are your opinions on that um, for people in the crew I reckon like making sure everyone in the crew does eat, first of all know the story because I know that some like other crews some of their team didn't read like through the whole script so oh, i think really? yeah I've, de- I've definitely experienced that where people don't even know what's going on so the first um like uh script read that we did with james ages back was really beneficial i think for everyone just to be able to go through it all um know the story and then yeah james was able to um yeah kind of visualize like what he wanted and tell us like yeah what what um story he wanted to tell and i think when uh, Matt, Matt, the um, cinematographer, uh, James and I met up in the, during the transition, um, James was able to like, convey to me the story that he wanted to tell and I think I did um, get it down pat pretty well. Um, I obviously didn't want, and I didn't want to change it too much, but I did want to put my kind of... Your little, own spin but, on yeah, it. Yeah, a little tiny bit of a spin on it, but I didn't obviously want to change, yeah, change the... Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like, especially when you're a director who obviously your main goal is to be the creative lead and vision for a project. Mm. And when you're brought onto a production that's already in motion and already has the story and vision in place, Mm. it can be sometimes difficult to get your sort of um, your tone and feeling and Mm. your own personal essence into a project. And that's what I find interesting about a lot of big Hollywood stuff is that Mm -hmm. when directors come on last minute, you can sometimes tell, like, there's a conflict of interest here because Mm. you can tell what scene is directed by this person and what scene's directed by that person. Mm. Uh, We were fortunate. We were at a stage where um, by the time you had come on, this was just before principal photography, so everything we see on screen Mm. is is you. So um, that was good to see because a lot of times it can be uh, distracting otherwise, yeah. Mm. I think, like, yeah, when I did see the script and obviously because we had peer, uh, proof of concept before that the one we were actually able to do in person um you can learn a lot of things from poc and i think even though i didn't direct poc i think i learned a lot of things from that as well um and even for production design like mm. we're able to learn like the colors like what what they look like on screen i think um um, Matt Matt did an amazing job in POC like he got all, all amazing comments yeah. straight away so we kept on that um, that style like his style was already locked in pr- pretty much the aesthetic of the film was yeah. really, really good yeah exactly yeah, and the he's co- a great DOP yeah yeah in the bright colours as well like in every scene like it definitely complemented his work as well mm. um, but I think from an acting point of view I wanted to tone down Julia's character a little bit compared to POC um, mm. and make her a bit more relatable. Um, and I think I did that in 
in the final products. Like she was a bit with with all the scenes um, with uh, Murphy, and then like like with her mother passing away. Like being able to relate to her, even though she was a bit of a hot hothead as well. Mm. Uh, I think it was important for the audience to be able to do that. Yeah, that was that's a very important thing, is because like that's what I noticed when I was going through the casting process was yeah. not only was I picking an actor that. Uh, was best suited for the character mm. but i also had to look at did they understand the character mm. Mm. and that was something that me and uh, at this stage um i was working with james and carmen mm. and uh, we had lots of long conversations about actors uh, not only embodying the character but having a good understanding um, of the various levels of characterization and the depth mm. of the character because that's obviously a huge thing um, because that was interesting eventually once we did um, get close enough to production and uh, the COVID stuff we kind of dealt with and we were able to kind of get back in person and do a lot of stuff mm. uh, in person. We did then get to do a lot of in-person auditions with a lot of actors and uh, eventually we got to do um, chemistry tests, which mm -hmm. um, me as a casting person, I think is one of the most important elements of the casting process is doing chemistry tests because you could have a great lead and mm. a great supporting person, but if they don't get along on set, mm -hmm. then uh, that can be problematic yeah, and yeah. Uh, i felt like we had a situation like that with our proof of concept was where right. two of our actors didn't really get along yeah and then it led to a recast situation and uh the actress we got for the actual film i think was oh, was a lot brilliant. better yeah so yeah. it was definitely one of those things that you never know until it happens mm -hmm. um because like you said like you know one actor can do a really great job but chemistry is such an important thing on mm -hmm. screen and when you do those sort of tests basically what you are doing is getting the actors in, uh, into a room and you're doing a scene um, and you're basically tr tr like it's like almost like a game like mm -hmm. the way I've run it mm. is basically you kind of have people on the bench and then you bring in the two actors and then they perform the scene mm. you, you experiment with it mm. um, obviously the J James the director at the time was uh, trying different things and then uh, you bring in another actor and then you sub that person out mm. yeah. and you do it in various different ways and then from there you kind of get a sense of who's working well who's gelling well mm. and what would be the most exciting thing to see on screen yeah. yeah and i feel like the casting process is very interesting it's the one of the most important elements of a film because mm, for sure some people might not like to admit it but actors play probably the most important role in yeah. a film i mean they're what you see on the screen role. exactly <laughs> yeah like it That's is kind of interesting because obviously so much effort goes on behind the scenes and behind mm. the camera from the production designer, the sound designer, the cinematographer. But a lot of times they don't get the praise mm. from just yeah. general audiences. A lot of times it's actors because they are the ones performing the characters mm. that the people are watching yeah. and enjoying and that's such an important part. So I think if you've got good actors and mm. good characters and then you find a good mixture of both on set, mm. that's when you get real great mm. stuff on um, on the screen yeah, so definitely. it's it's interesting where you know the, i feel like the casting process is very important and that's why i took it very seriously because mm. i was one of those people that was like we need to make sure we get good talent so that they can carry this project mm. and uh, i'm in now interested to hear what your perspective on this because now mm. once i acquired the talent basically i was then passing it on to you and you yeah. have to direct them on set mm. my analogy that i use is that i was basically buying all the toys and then i get to give them to you and then you get to play <laughs> with all the toys yeah so what was it like working with our amazing cast on set and kind of bringing these characters to life that mm. we had worked on uh, in the script phase mm. but now getting them on set and then actually bring it to life on screen yeah well it was amazing and i was um, fortunate enough to be able to have some rehearsal time before um, rehearsals are also a huge thing yeah. that I always strongly recommend yeah yeah and I think so and I think not too many to like overdo it but because on set you always have that fresh like um, fresh 
fresh scenes from the script that the actors can pull out of it. Um, but so we had a change of the supporting role last minute. So Paula, Paula came on and she really gelled well with Candice and I was... Yeah, extremely happy with like that pairing. So thank you for that. But, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'll say yeah. Candice played Julia and yes. uh, Paula played uh, Martha. Martha, the, yeah, the maid. Yeah, um, and um, Paula coming on last minute, she was able to get her lines down. We had like a massive monologue in the middle of it, which was her part, um, and she did so well to be able to get that down within like three days. And then we sh- our our shooting time was just a week long. Um, but yeah, and yeah, to be able to work with them, them two mainly on set was like awesome. I only had rehearsals with them, so because the other actors, um, they were just kind of little minor supporting, supporting roles. roles. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was good, um, even for the actors that I didn't get to rehearse with. On set, we um, did a few takes, like if we had time. It's it's always time is always like time amazing. is the enemy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, but it's so good. Like for me as director, I'm like, please just one more or like the 80s. Like, no, um, but oh, Saron. yeah, yeah. Um, but if we did have time, I, I'd, al- I'd always want to do like another take if we hadn't, like if we hadn't got it, you know, you'd rather get, you'd rather get the shot. You'd rather get the take that you, you think like, wow, like that's the one, like that's the one I'm going to use. Um, but yeah, when, when we were filming um, for people that I hadn't rehearsed with, we do like different um kind of ways of ways of portraying it like and it'd be complete opposites like for example um boris the solicitor you do um yeah one that was a little more a little more stern and then one that was a little more um like concerned or um yeah kind of empathetic with um with julia because her mom died oh and then at the end of the scene he goes like she's dead like or you could do like and it's and a you good think, comedic beat yeah, yeah it, it is comedic and it's funny that you know he'd say that to her like yes of course her mom's dead don't make her feel <laughs> any worse um yeah so but i think it, the film itself did have quite a few um comedic elements mm. in the end um in the edit some of them were cut out which was very sad we do have a lot of um little tiny scenes cut out just because i think it flowed more in the end um but, you know, it's different for different audiences because when um, it was screened at the New Farm Cinemas, we had so many... I don't know if you guys were there, but we had so many I laughs like, and I, I was like, wow, it. we should have kept some of those community uh-huh. elements in because this crowd would have loved it. But compared to, say, um, when we watched it um, as a cohort, I, I don't... When, did we watch it as a cohort? We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it yeah, was definitely... At the, at the at con. No, yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I can make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> say the atmosphere for the um, for the cohort screening was mm. definitely a lot different. Too. It was different, yeah. And, and this is what I find interesting about being filmmakers and then watching your own project back mm. is because you're, especially if you're an on-set person, mm-hmm. you know all the ins and outs of how a shot is conceived and how it's all put together. So when you see it in an edit, sometimes it can be difficult to kind of get your mind in the right mm. headspace of being like, I'm watching this for the first time and I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah. So when we did watch it with an audience who had no idea what was coming because they had so, no sort of involvement in the project, they were just mm. a audience because they were friends, family and yeah. cast members, right? Yeah. So it was interesting because they were watching it cold for the like, first wow, time yeah. and mm. they were so surprised. Yeah. And spoiler alert, <laughs> the episode does end on a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. And at the end when that 
cliffhanger happens and the episode ends and everyone's like, oh no, there's no oh, more. Really? That's yeah. it. Yeah, it was oh, amazing because like so that's good. that's all you hope for, right? <laughs> yeah. With a cliffhanger, is people would be like, oh, I need to see the, I want to see more. Yeah. And that's the exact reaction we got at the end of that screening, mm-hmm. and it was. Well, at least for me, it was so rewarding. The to be continued. (laughs) Everyone loved it. I was like, oh my goodness, we should have kept in the, um, the, um, the, you know, the Christ Jewelers joke. Um, Do you remember that? We had to take that out. We did take it out. Yeah. Because, um, I love that joke. Because it like, yeah, for example, you know, when you're working with actors, we tried, um, different things for this, like one little bit that we had, like. Um, and these actors, um, Candace and Paula, were able to bounce with each other so well. So it was really amazing to be able to work with them, um, even for this scene. Um, and it turned out really well. But I think just in the end, we cut it out. You know, we could make, maybe make another cut and put it back in. <laughs> well, it's one of those things I feel like with, especially when you're editing a project together, sometimes you need to make that hard yeah. call of being like, what's oh. working best for the story? Because the story mm. is always the most important part. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those little comedic bo- uh, beats don't quite don't fit the story yeah. that you're trying to tell and don't land as well yeah. as that you would hope for. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I guess, one of the hardest things is I've, obviously yeah. as a director is making sure you're picking the right stuff and keeping it all in. So Definitely. Mm. And the biggest thing that I noticed from beginning like to shooting to editing the story can change, you know, it, mm. it changes, it changed so much in, in the end, um, it turned out really well. Like we had, um, Dean Law who gave us a great, Tony and I a great idea to, um, do like a, an edit. It, the, cause the film was at about 17 minutes. We ended up cutting it down to 14, I'm pretty sure. But, um, as a challenge, Dean said, try and cut it down to 10 minutes, see what you find, see what you can get out of that. Um, and maybe you'll find something amazing, you know. And we we actually did. So uh, it was a good um, a good good challenge, a good little little thing to be able to do. And then instead of because it was a bit of a rough kind of edit, so the ten minute one wasn't amazing, but we found some cool gems mm. and then put that into the fourteen minute one. So yeah, it's it's interesting how a story can change completely when you cut things out or. Yeah, or add add new scenes in, like mm. the ones in the beginning that we yeah. had to add in. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's safe to assume that a, a story is made in three stages. It's mm. made at the script phase, it's made on the production phase, mm. and then it's made in the edit. Mm. And they're three distinct phases that have all different elements, and once they all come together, and again, assuming everyone in those uh, separate three phases are doing their jobs correctly mm. and everyone's on the same page, then I think that's when all the cogs turn and, and you get mm. a really cool project. So yeah. um, another thing I want to ask you, Holly, is that with regards to production design, you said that you have to work with obviously the cinematographer and mm. lighting. Um, what's it like getting the visual and aesthetic level um, right? So not only does the set look good, but also it looks good on camera. What's that dynamic like? Um, Matt is a really good person to work with because he's pretty honest about <laughs> what he needs and he, he has a really good vision. Mm. Um, he was pretty open to let me kind of just design it as long as it worked for him, which I, I have got a little bit of background in cinematography. So I was Mm. able to kind of know what would work properly and what wouldn't just fuck him off completely. Um, we did have a couple moments at like 11 o'clock at night after doing a full day of shooting where we all had an emotional breakdown. It was, it was wonderful. Um, as many films, I think the whole, the whole week was, yeah, it was, 
there were some yeah big big moments but we got through it it was fun yeah yeah no um well we pretty much we just our, our kind of overall goal was to make the hotel really ugly yeah uh so we chose a horrible puke green wall mm. color and then matched that with like a dirty brownie red and mm. just kind of made it look a bit yuck but then all the christmas lights in, uh, in incorporated in that and made it have a little bit of prettiness in there yeah, yeah. And it just kind of had that nice little flair um and that all really work together with the camera because mm. he got all these beautiful like uh, love, lens flares and yeah yeah and i love the um window side with the curtains yeah. and the wallpaper is just like really really yeah cool. we love the wallpaper love the it. wallpaper is so 80s it's still in my room I still you still have it, it? You want it yeah <laughs> i can get back to you oh uh, i have so much stuff i still need to get rid of yeah <laughs> um yeah like the wallpaper really we wanted to make it pop we wanted to make sure mm. we had a feature wall mm. and it wasn't all just like this plain green color because then you get disoriented you wouldn't know where you're looking mm. so we wanted to make sure that um it was really easy to figure out where in the room you were, mm. but we still wanted to have like little bits on camera that would really show up and like add mm. a bit of sparkle. So we had all the tinsel mm. and the lights that all, uh, they added the, the bokeh. I can't, is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. Bokeh, bokeh, yeah. 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 All the bokeh of that was beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Well, setting a, a murder mystery at Christmas time, I thought was a genius idea. Yeah. And that whole idea of not only having this mystery element with these two characters that are kind of thrust into this situation, but then setting it at Christmas I, I feel like it added a new level to the murder mystery that we've seen so many times. Mm. And I think it's interesting because up until recently, I feel like that genre had really kind of not died off, but it was mm. not as prevalent as a lot of other uh, film genres. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was really until Ryan Johnson came out with Knives Out that mm. everyone's like, holy shit, let's see more of this. <laughs> mm. um, and I think he's making a sequel, which should be fun. Mm. Um, but then again, our project I thought was interesting. A little tidbit was that, uh, James, because obviously I was involved with the project quite early on as well, and I knew mm. James uh, and the story he was creating at the script level. And this was he was writing this script before uh, oh. Knives Out had come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those things I said to James, like, <laughs> uh, you know Knives Out's coming out soon? And he's mm. like, yeah. He's like, you know everyone's going to compare this to that. Yeah, and like, it's like, oh, yeah. So that was just one of those timing mm. things. It's just like, it's mm. just inevitable. Yeah, mm. for sure. At least it did have that little, like, Christmas twist. Exactly, you know, so. which I think sets it apart to yeah. a lot of other murder mystery type stuff, which I thought was interesting. I think um, so. But with regards to, like, lighting and stuff, obviously, with your, with regards to creating a set, um, do you have to factor in where the lights go and then also where the props and, like, stuff inside the set are going? Because like, I can imagine that'd be quite mm. tricky, um, not only getting the camera in the right position, but also getting the various different lights as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, Riley was really great to work with. Mm -hmm. um, he's only got a little bit of experience, but he knows how to use it. Yeah. Um, and pretty much I, I knew that I needed to have like at least one wall open in all the sets so that they could, could like angle the camera and the lights and mm. wherever they needed. And like the flats are only a certain height, so they can put stuff over the top as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we did chuck in a couple of practical lights to just kind of mm. give the extra flair. And there's that like nice purple glow coming off the Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, but Riley was amazing to work with as well. Um, Riley and Matt worked really well together. Yeah. And I kind of just went through Matt uh, for all of it. And then on set with all of them was just a blast. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was super fun. And I think like our um, set, even compared to other people's sets that I heard, like our set was really fun. And we oh, had it was a good so time. much fun because yeah. so like, I, I had it. a pre-production role. So I really had no business being on set. <laughs> well, I was, yeah. I just wanted to come and hang out. And yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that I did because I didn't, uh, in second year, mm. uh, I did my job and then I was like, I'm going to let everyone else do mm. their job. Mm -hmm. But then coming into like grad, the graduate slate, I was like, no, I want yeah, to be on yeah. set. And I just yeah. want to be there. 
and I was so thankful that I was because not only was it a super fun set to just be a part of, mm. but just seeing everyone do their jobs and just working so efficiently yep. was very pleasing to me because mm. I, I don't like I've, I could have been on a set where things were going wrong mm -hmm. and then I'm sitting there having no control over anything and I'm just like, no, yeah. what's happening? But I was just sitting there and I'm just like, this is fucking awesome watching yeah. everyone do such a great job yeah. so yeah and that's why i was so you know very pleased when i saw the final product because mm. i was like you know you never know when you're making it on set because like you can look through the, the split and see what the camera is recording mm. for that shot but you never know how it's going to all cut together mm -hmm. and then when you incorporate music and sound effects and mm. how it's all going to mm. sound and feel so you know once it all came together and you got like the thunder in the background and stuff yeah. it's like oh yeah. it really came so to good. life it was that really was good great. <laughs> so yeah i think that's that was a great thing about our crew like we were able to have a lot of fun but we also knew what we were doing like we knew what we were doing in our jobs yeah. and we're efficient enough to be able to get it done but yeah have a good time and not not like stress too much even though it was stressful because we had a lot of a lot of like yeah a lot of issues like for example even um one of our actors, Will, he had to get surgery during the middle mm. of shoots. So, mm. and, and we had to um, reshoot some of his scenes. And then he was like, I can't come in. He was so disappointed that he couldn't come in. But obviously, mm. like, health is first. And obviously, he had to get surgery. So, that's completely mm. okay. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of creative um, creative work to be had to be done there. Like, Matt and I had to um, figure out what the shots could be like. Um, we had to change the shot list to work around putting a double in instead of the actual actor and like not show his face, but then use the old footage from before with his face when he sits down on the chair in the first scene. But yeah, secretly that's actually Damon. <laughs> so this is yeah. what I love about filmmaking so, is that you can do little tricks like that. And yeah, when yeah. you're watching it, you never even notice because yeah. I didn't even didn't yeah. even know that. So that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, what's one of the main things that you feel like you learnt um, throughout your time working on this project? What was the one thing that you kind of took away and was like, I'm going to continue it, uh, take this on to con and continue it onto future projects? Hmm. Um, I kind of decided that my favourite part of prod design is building the set mm. and I find the buying the props a bit boring because <laughs> I, I get too absorbed. I like go to the shops and I'm like, wow, this would look great in my house. Yeah, <laughs> and then, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah, it's kind of too dangerous for me to buy the props. <laughs> Because yeah. I end up buying things for myself as well. No, um, sure. But yeah, like I, the props are fun and I really like making them, but mm. I don't really like just going out and buying them. Mm. So I kind of like cemented exactly what I wanted to do. And I actually ended up doing the um, the big wound on Will's mm. neck. And yeah. I love that. Yeah, I really it's like special, special effects. effects. Yeah. Mm. Special effects makeup is a lot of fun. And just I want to do more of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's probably what I took away. Nice. Um, yeah, for me, probably like... Um, the relationship that I had with the actors in the end was so strong and we were like so close and for me that's something that I'm going to be able to bring like to future films like now I have more connections I think it's more the connections for me um, and maybe even writing like I'd probably want to do a bit more writing because I haven't been able to do that recently um, and I think with more time on my hands I could yeah get into that more because I was like James wrote the script but put um me writing it like one or two scenes or like changing a few lines was yeah really interesting for me to be able to yeah change it up and write some write some of the scripts yeah. Mm. yeah one of the things i learned from working on the project was that working with actors is a very unique process mm. and you need to make sure you're giving it a lot of time and care because 
like throughout my time at uni, I specialized in directing and casting and, and, and working with actors and, and finding that relationship, especially within the audition phase is mm. very important because you only have a limited time to spend with them. And it's, it's, it's almost like a job interview, mm. but you're do, asking them to be very vulnerable with how they're conducting themselves because especially depending on the scene, it can be quite, they can be quite vulnerable in performing the, the, mm. the scene. So one of the things I learned was just being nice, clear and concise with the people that are coming in and wanting to be a part of your project because obviously they're there for a reason mm. and they want to be a part of your project and your story. Mm. And that's, uh, I think is very important is that you're building nice, good relationships with people and making mm. sure that everything is moving smoothly because the most important thing about this industry, I feel like, is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm. And making sure you have enough good connections within the industry and building good relationships with people, I think, is very important. And that's one of the big things that I learned was obviously working with actors in various different ways was obviously very informative for me. But mm. it just reinforced me throughout my time working in that process was making good connections is so important, not yeah. only for people in front of the screen, but also behind the screen as well. Yeah, mm. definitely. And I think um, even like scheduling and stuff was a big thing because I'm into assistant directing as well. Um, and takeaway for me was sometimes, f for example, for, with our shot list, maybe we, you know, shot too far and we had a, like a really, really long shot list and then we had to cut down like on the day. Mm. Um, so sometimes, you know, you've got you've to work with what you got. You work with the time that you have um, and be realistic sometimes um, instead of saying rushing something you could you know have the time and maybe do a few less shots and focus on the acting focus on the actors get um, make sure that they get get their take you know um, yeah instead of rushing it so I think that was another thing that I took away yeah and um, as both of you in your individual roles what would be one piece of advice you as the director and then you as production designer what would be one tip that you would give to future filmmakers who are potentially interested in going into not only a director but also maybe a production designer what would be one tip that you would give um tip for me is keeping up the morale on set like for the throughout the whole um a week for us throughout the whole shoot is really really important um yeah, because sometimes there's down days, like you have down days um, with crew, with actors, but you've just, um, you and the first AD have got to be the people that, you know, make sure that everyone's having a good time, make sure everyone's um, well fed, you know. Um, everyone loves, like, yeah, to, to not be hungry and, like, mm. be um, well fed on set and, yeah, just have a good time. Like, sometimes um, things don't go your way, but that's just filmmaking and maybe in the end it'll turn out amazing you never know yeah yeah um probably my thing would be make sure you're uh, you're prepared and you're organized mm. yeah <laughs> before you come on set because product design uh develops a lot in pre-production mm -hmm. uh, and that's when you're like gathering props you're preparing what you're gonna do and i find that the best way to make yourself comfortable and prepared is to be organized and yeah. have everything ready and don't be getting stuff the day before because I'm a bit guilty definitely. of that. Mm. That's, um, a, that's in all areas for sure. Like definitely yeah. be prepared. Um, I know some people don't like, it's like some DOPs don't like to go on the shot list, but I would, well, for me, like I'd definitely love to yeah. be prepared, have a shot list, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just make sure like when you're on set that you're keeping keeping happy like mm. sometimes things don't work out how you imagine sometimes mm. like you put up the wall you put up like the 
the flats mm. and it's not what you envisioned in your head but mm. you can always pull some camera magic yeah <laughs> and it, it sometimes looks actually pretty good yeah <laughs> and if you work together like everyone everyone can work together to fix something you know like, yeah like, like um we had a location pull out on the last day mm. and um after everything that had happened throughout the week, we were like, wow, this is the... the it, this really sucks. This is really the last thing <laughs> that's going to happen to us. But, you know, we all had a, like, fighting spirit. We were like, um, you know, we've got to do this. It's last day, last scene. Um, like, we can do this. So in the end, we um, found a spot at Joel's... Yeah, house. my so, partner's house. Yeah, so Holly's partner's house, Joel. Um, yeah, and that was awesome. We Like, it was so good that he was able to give that to yeah. us. And then we... Went straight over there. It was really close by, so that was good. And we got all the gear over and just did it, you know. There's always ways to workshop it, ways to figure things out. And, Mm. yeah. Well, filmmaking is very much so a... you got to figure it out as you Mm. go along sometimes. Mm. A A lot of times you can have this, you know, this massive plan and you're going to do this, 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 and you're going to accomplish that on this day and then this day you're going to do this. But sometimes things, like you said, don't go your way mm-hmm. and things can fall apart. And as a filmmaker, I feel like it's very important to be resilient yep. and making sure that once something goes wrong, that you put on that problem-solving cap and you look for a solution instead of complaining about the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've noticed this, especially throughout my time at film school, is that a lot of people like to complain about certain things when they don't go your way. Mm. So I feel like as a mentality thing, if you want to be a filmmaker, it's very important to be resilient and always look for the solutions yes. instead of complaining about the problems mm, because you definitely. will never get anywhere if you're focusing on the problems. Yeah. As a filmmaker, you know, there's always going to be something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Always. You know, even the best films you've ever seen have had problems. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the creative genius that every filmmaker has that can look around the problem and be like, how do we fix this? How do we make this better? Mm-hmm. And I think from there, sometimes you can get something like that little piece of magic that you didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes when you're looking for gold, you might find a nugget. Sometimes you might find something even better. Mm -hmm. So you never know. And that's one of the things I would say to future filmmakers is just always make sure you're ready to go and um, looking for solutions because problems will arise and expect them. Mm. But in saying that, always have a plan mm. i'll say yeah, yeah. Yeah. i'll say don't be one of those filmmakers that's like oh i'll figure it out on the day mm. yeah. always come in with a plan and then once uh plan a fails always have a backup plan so always yeah. have a plan a b c that sort of thing so yeah. just always be as prepared and organized as possible yeah. that would be the one thing i would say like for example we even had one day um our makeup artist accidentally did the wrong makeup for the wrong um scene and I was, and we didn't notice until halfway through the shoot because we're in this dark room and the makeup was supposed to be um, purple when it was pink eyeshadow. And, you know, it might not seem... It's not a big... It's not necessarily the biggest deal. Um, but it was just, you know, yeah, another another obstacle, but you just got to get over it. You got to fix it. Um, uh, Bella, Bella Abel was able to, like, uh, quickly get her own purple makeup and fix it herself. Um, so it all turned out well in the end. Like you've got to problem solve um, mm. all the time. Always be spontaneous. Yeah. 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 And be like optimistic about it as well. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Having an optimistic attitude is always also very important. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of filmmakers can be very like pessimistic and be like, oh, it's not going to work. We mm. can't do this. We can't do that. Oh, what was me? <laughs> but if you can kind of have an optimistic perspective and be very positive, mm. like I always try and live my life as positively as possible. And mm. I feel like, you know, if you can get 
uh, I guess for our situation, we were always working with people that always very positive and had mm. a good outlook, not only towards the production, but towards life as well. Yeah. And I feel like, again, just associate yourself with good people yeah. and uh, good work will follow. So. Yeah. I always have to remind myself as well is if you, if something's not quite right and like, you know, this and you're like just there staring at it while they're shooting and like, everyone's going to know this, everyone's going to see no one is yeah. gonna know this it's that's like, the thing yeah, yeah the audience never knows like yeah. unless you point it out directly i always when my family re-watches it i always like in my head i'm like did you see it did you see that yeah <laughs> they're like yeah no. <laughs> no, like we we had an issue with um there was a bouquet of flowers on the table mm-hmm. and when we were doing principal it was made out of um the tissue paper yeah different color yeah yeah. yeah yeah we had riley do the tissue paper and then when we shot pickups mm. we didn't have the tissue paper and we had to make it out of a picnic cloth, a plastic mm. picnic cloth. And yeah. thank God Riley was still there and he was able to make like this perfect little flower. Yeah. And I was there like, it doesn't look right. It's not the same <laughs> texture. The light's not going to shine through the same way. You can't even tell on screen. Like, yeah. that's, I was just that's, overreacting. There's a, there's a few little cute Easter eggs in there, like different things um, that I always point out. Like whenever I'm showing my friends and family, but no one else would ever notice. No, you know. They never pick it up. It's mainly about... Um, the story and yeah what you're watching like people are more interested in the story and the characters than they are thinking about like this one tiny little Conti yeah. error like obviously Conti is important and shout out to Taylor she did an amazing job yeah as con- um, continuity so important but um the super super minor things really aren't like in the end if you wanted to create just yeah just create an amazing story instead of like focusing on those little things mm. yeah yeah story is always king yeah exactly mm. yeah. is there anything else you want to add with regards to your involvement on the project and stuff like that any little stories or tidbits that you want to share um oh, so long on the, so long ago now yeah <laughs> no not not particularly i think we've gone over quite a lot of it like yeah, yeah. it was it was a very fun project to work with mm. and i'm very glad i was a part of it yeah yeah really special people and a really fun fun little story and mm. I'm glad to have it a part of my portfolio and I learned a hell of a lot yeah exactly. I learned how to fake a hole in the wall that was fun right oh, <laughs> yes. and, oh my god oh actually oh, this is this is a fun story spoiler um oh, what's your spoiler, spoiler alert no, the, oh okay the this is a fun story um <laughs> so the hole in the wall is actually made out of a garbage bin yeah yeah um yes, and please do tell this I, story. okay this is this is something you don't know Helena mm. so when um we were like a week out of shooting and you're like oh let's have a meeting and we, stuff what's your idea for the hole in the wall yeah, yeah. I'll be dead serious I completely fucking forgotten yeah <laughs> no 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 because then we got to the day and I was like are we still like I really want it are we still doing it yeah and I'm like yeah we'll be affected uh yeah and, Lachlan McFarlane, our VFX, he was like, he was like, yeah, like can definitely, I could definitely do it. But I was like, a lot of the time practical is best and then build on the practical with VFX. Like yeah. it's obviously easier. I'm sure Lachlan could have done it without it, but it's yeah. A, yeah. I, I'm looking back on it. I really should have like given that job to someone and just like, not just being like, oh, I'll get to it. Cause I had like, I had four so different much, sets yeah. Uh, yeah. I was already making. And then I, I'm just like, yeah, I've made the wall. I've made the room. That's all we need. <laughs> there's a cup, there's a picture over that. We'll deal with that later. Mm. And just kind of shoved it to the back. So when we were on set, we were literally like on the day shooting and we had like stolen, we'd gone the and bin, bought like, a Bunnings bin. Yeah. And yeah. we, I had, I just happened to have some terracotta clay. Yeah. And uh, I was literally sitting there in the corner with like all my prog girls. And we were just mm. sitting around this bin, like shoving like really gross terracotta mm. clay and like a mixture of just dirt and mud mm. and rocks onto this bin. I got my favorite pants covered in paint. I was sad. Oh, no. uh, it was, yeah. that oh. was, uh, yeah. yeah. And even that though like time. it was, thank you for doing that because it was <laughs> such a, it worked out. Yeah. It worked out really well. And I was just like, 
so thankful that you guys were able to do yeah. that because in the end like everyone was skeptical about it when they saw it like yeah. on the ring they're like eh, maybe yeah and i think yeah even everyone's skeptical but i was i was really set on it yeah i was um, pretty happy i'm like yeah, yeah i stick my head through this this looks real yeah, yeah. so i think it turned out well and then yeah. lachlan was able to vfx the rest of it in mm. so yeah well, the story really... homage to the shawshank redemption i thought yes. was genius yes because <laughs> i love that movie what a the great ending film. is so phenomenal yeah and when i knew you guys were going to be doing that in this i was like yes mm. that's gonna be dope so yeah. hopefully there's more yes fingers mm. crossed we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway helena holly thank you so much for coming on the podcast i thank really you. appreciate Anytime. it i think this was a really great uh, conversation and i feel like I, I i definitely got a new perspective on both your roles and stuff and hopefully those at home who are listening or watching have as well so thank you very much for coming on thanks thank for you. having us yeah, thank you that for concludes us. tonight uh today's episode so uh thank you very much for watching if you are listening on an audio form you make sure you are subscribed and following the podcast link and if you are watching this on youtube make sure you are liked and uh, like the video and are subscribed and uh, i will catch you in another video